0: Welcome to Disaffected. I'm Joshua Slocum, and this is the show where we talk about politics, culture, and relationships through a psychological lens. Oh, there's going to be so many psychological lenses this week. Let me tell you what we have in store. So, if you knew I was going to talk about this. The Pfizer consultant who got caught on camera admitting that the company is mutating the COVID virus for profit and then goes full after midnight gremlin in front of Project Veritas. It is delectable. Then we're going to talk about the correlation between being a white progressive liberal woman and neuroticism and mental illness and the fact that this connection appears to be so strong that even some feminist writers can't deny it now. Um, But we're going to take a look at how some of them will try to turn it around and make someone else to blame for hurting women anyway, because they're always victims. And we're going to talk about the degree of self-censorship in our society, why we do it, what we do it about, when it started happening. The degree of self-censoring in American conversation is so much worse than it's ever been before. And so many of us are acting like it's normal, but it's not, it never has been. It's new normal and it's less than 10 years old. Let's get into Pfizer, dude. I'm assuming that almost all of you have seen this set of videos, for those who haven't, Uh, The setup is we're watching video from Project Veritas. This is a journalistic organization headed by James O'Keefe. It is conservative. They do sting operations. They do undercover camera work um, to find teachers and principals who are engaging in sexually inappropriate grooming behavior in public schools. They do it uh, today with pharmaceutical company executives. Basically, where they think there's corruption, uh, they go in with their cameras. And if you have a bad taste in your mouth about Project Veritas, I ask you to consider this. Obviously, I don't know James O'Keefe. I don't know the entirety of Project Veritas's body of work. You may have items from their bat catalog that you have a question about, stipulated. I don't know their entire body of work. But what I do know is regardless of whether you or you over here or him over here have a bad taste in your mouth about them, they are in fact, not opinion, in fact, a journalistic organization that does exactly the same kind of undercover camera work that all of us accept as normal journalistic practice when it's rooting out the corruption that we are concerned about. If you don't like the targets of Project Veritas being exposed, that does not make Project Veritas bad. It doesn't make them fake journalists, and it doesn't mean that they use unethical tactics. Okay? There, I'm glad we established that. This is so good. Uh, So what happens here is... Veritas sets up a sting. They arrange an apparent romantic date. They get a guy to pose as this guy's romantic date. Two men. Yep. uh, With a Pfizer executive and see what he'll say. Let's see what he said. So we're going to go to the first clip where we meet Jordan Tristan Walker.
1: Meet Jordan Tristan Walker a director of research and development strategic operations and mRNA scientific planning at Pfizer. It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know, it's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like here's... It's definitely not gain-of-function. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. So directed evolution is very different. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to do gain-of-function research with the viruses. Like yeah. They recommend not. But you do, like, these, like, selected directional mutations to try to see if you can it more potent. Yeah. So there, there is research the I'm about that. I don't know how that's going to work. There
0: might not be any more outbreaks, because, like, Jesus Christ.
1: The gentleman seems to have absolutely no moral compass at all, I was all for all government officials it's pretty good for the industry to be honest
0: yeah
1: it's yeah. <laughs> bad for everyone else
0: in america not so good for everyone else in america okay i have to get this out of the way he spells his name jordan j-o-r-d-o-n so from now on it is jordan and his middle name is spelled t r-i-s-h-t-o-n tristan so from now on he is jordan tristan walker <laughs> tristan. <laughs> from the makers of jean Tu. all right so let's go um let's go let's go right into the next one this date continues
1: we're exploring, like, not, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can, procreate, we can create new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating f***ing viruses.
0: Notice the glib affect. Notice how funny he finds this. He's really excited. Um... He's probably drinking. He's out on a date. People get voluble and more sociable. Their tongues wag. That, that part's normal. But he seems to be really into this whole sort of mutating viruses thing. He doesn't want the public to know he's into it. Well, too bad. We all know what you're into now. Jean-Den Tristan. Um. <laughs> Let's have a little more. Okay, so he, Pfizer ultimately is
1: thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. I mean, that's why it was, <laughs> it, it was a thought that came up at a meeting. And we were like, why Why do we not? It was like, we're going to consider that. There'll be more discussions. Okay. Not exactly actually
0: right? We're like, wait a minute. Like, people won't like that. Yeah, yeah, people won't like that, that whole sort of mutating viruses to make them more lethal. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you don't do that, you don't do that. You only do something else that, like, has a different name that does exactly the same thing. Sorry. Ooh. A little more explanation from Jourdan. Why don't we try to, like, catch them before they pop up
1: in nature and we can develop a vaccine prophylaxis for, like, new variants. Yeah. So that's why they're thinking, like, if you do it in control of the lab, then we say, oh, this is an epitope. And so then if they, it comes out later on, like, in the public, we already have a vaccine kind of working on it. Oh, my God. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that, the, like, the best business model, though? Like, just control nature before nature even happens itself right yeah, yeah. if it works <laughs> what do you mean if it works because like some of the times are like, just mutations that pop up right and we're not prepared for it like with delta or omicron right. and things like that so who knows i mean either way it's gonna be a cash cow covid probably be a cash cow for us for a while
0: going forward. cash cow it's gonna be a cash cow that covid is especially if you can control nature now, this isn't surprising, right? We, we know this. It, it, does, it does rankle a little bit how people will say, oh my God, I can't believe they said that. They said COVID was going to be a cash cow. Don't act shocked. What do you think Pfizer's in business for? They make their money by making drugs, that's neither good nor bad. That's morally neutral, right? Of course they're going to be interested in finding ways to make more profit from more drugs. Yes, we can talk about where the ethical line is that you shouldn't cross. And that might be a line that's being crossed here. I don't know. I mean, there's not, there's not a lot of, of verification of a lot of this stuff. So... You know, we have to think in hypotheticals. But don't be surprised about this. It You know, I wrote about this on Substack this past week. um, And this was a supporter-only post uh, called In Defense of Undertakers. If you're interested, go to disaffectedpod.substack.com and join as a paid subscriber. Uh, I put up a lot of essays that everybody can read, but I save the really good stuff for the people who pay for it. So, hope to see you. I, I talked about... You know, Looking back over 20 years of my career at Funeral Consumers Alliance, how frequently people who are upset, justifiably upset, about the high cost of the funeral arrangements they had to pay for, because for, for the average family, it's one of the most expensive purchases that they will ever make um, beneath a house, a car, and a college education. It doesn't have to be, but it, it ends up being that way. Um, and, and people who want to do something about that, often the first thing that comes out of their mouth is oh, it's so scandalous to make a profit off the grieving. How can they sleep at night? That doesn't make any more sense than, being, than affecting outrage that Pfizer is looking at COVID as a cash cow. Look, there's nothing morally unsavory about making your living either by um, burying other people's dead when they don't want to do the work themselves or by making drugs that people actually want to buy to cure illnesses that they have. These are not morally terrible things. I wouldn't even have to say this because if we weren't upset about Pfizer doing particular things, it wouldn't even occur to anybody. But we all seem to forget this on the other end of it. So I guess anyway, that's a digression, but it's not I don't find any of this surprising, even if I find it distasteful. Um, so. I think this clip takes us back a little bit earlier in the date and you can see, I almost feel bad laughing at this because Jordon seems to be intuiting exactly what's going on. Listen to this. Spies are not want the
1: public to know that you guys are doing directed evolution? <laughs> Bro, what, what is going on here? I it was like an interview. <laughs> just... I don't know, it's freaking me out. I mean, these like, flashbacks to that same like, organization of like, those conservative people who like randomly go into organizations and then like the friend, people who work in these organizations, and then report them, which oh, happened God. to people at Pfizer. So it's like freaks me out when people start asking a lot of questions about work. It's oh
0: scary. really? Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know they do things. It's even happened to people at Pfizer. <laughs> Come on, you know you're having a good time, too. All right. Now, Le Deluge. Listen to James O'Keefe as he comes into the shot.
1: Hey there. Is this seat taken? Hi. Um, you work for Pfizer. My question for you is, why does Pfizer want to hide from the public the fact that they're mutating the COVID viruses. Is this real life? What is happening here? Why? What is going on here? This is absurd. Why does Pfizer want to hide from the public that they're mutating the COVID virus? Oh my God. You're on video. You're on video. (laughs) Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating the COVID virus. What is going on
0: here? I need to call the police right now. This is- Did you notice the affect change? He became an annoyed black woman on a time. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh my, oh my God. Is this even real? Uh, 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 Ugh. shoals. <laughs> <I> mean, <God. laughs> you're going to see this a lot. This is a really good example as we go through the rest of these clips of uh, somebody in psychological extremists uh, cycling through Various affects and various approaches, one after another, trying to see which one will work. So, um, <laughs> um, th- th- there's a little more. Um, here we go. Is- Can I talk to you outside about
1: Absolutely this? Absolutely not. You're not even my like on this. What is your name? Because you fucked up. You. Really did. I'm about to see you. This is absurd. Please. Try. You have someone mock me as if they're going on a date to record me. You don't even know my position at this. What? Your, I was what trying to impress business? a person on a date by lying. I was literally trying. Okay. I'm not even a scientist by background. You know that I, I came from a consulting firm right. that does business. Uh, please, this is please, absurd. Please don't touch me. This
0: is absurd. Please so you, you know, notice how he touches James's microphone and is like, you know, blah blah blah. And he's coming up, I think he's coming up with excuses on the fly because he knows he's screwed. He's screwed out of his job. He, he might be, well, he might be screwed in the field. Um, his personal reputation, of course, is, is very thoroughly screwed. For how long, who knows? Um, <clears throat> but, but his excuses, I was trying to impress a person on a date by lying. Like normal men, we lie to impress on a date. No, Jordan Tristan, normal men don't lie about mutating viruses for Pfizer on a date to impress them. That's not what normal men do. That's what people with broken or malleable or absent consciences do, not what normal men do. And he's walking around the restaurant trying to get the police to send somebody out. And James is saying, "Why are you? Why are you? What are you calling the police for? Do you want? Do you want to put me in jail for asking a question?" And 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 Jourdan uh, just doesn't understand why everybody isn't sympathetic to him. He's trying to get the restaurant staff on his side too. They don't want to deal with any of this. Um, so, and and I'm not showing you everything, but the other thing that's going on here is. Somebody in the restaurant locked the door. I, they obviously didn't want new people coming in in the middle of this conflagration that was going on. But then James O'Keefe and his crew is trying to actually leave, and they can't get out because the door is locked. So watch what happens when they try to leave.
1: do not give me check. No, don't leave. Because I want Do you want to put me in jail for asking you a question? Yes, sir. What is the intention of calling the police? They have, like, no one's right now. We have several
0: oh no oh no do not give her a check do not let her live (laughs) i want the police to be able to see this (laughs) did you see him on the phone to the cops it's one two three four white people talking to me (laughs) four white people you, you you're feeling really unsafe right because it's a lot of white people that's trying to talk to you as as James asks, why is this about race? But I have I have a follow-up question. You expect me to believe that you felt intimidated and menaced by five white people when you were on a what you thought was a date a few minutes ago, and that white dick wasn't a problem, was it? Mm-mm. When you thought you were gonna get some white dick from daddy on that date, you had no problem with white people. <laughs> oh you uh, disaffected listeners there are so many things that i want to tell you that i can't that are even too much for me to say this so um but i do tell some of those stories on discord so (laughs) all right i think we've got we've got a couple more here yeah yeah let's go into the next one i think he's still going on about um i thought i was on a date
1: so is it true what, what you said? What is this? No, I literally was on a birthday with a guy, and like normal men, you lie to impress a date. Mutating viruses? Do you do you do you not work for Pfizer? This uh, guy, uh, I thought he was a
0: date. I think I have two more for you. I did save the best for last, so you know, don't wait wait until the commercial break to get to go to the lobby and get yourself a snack. Um. He keeps saying the same thing. This is absurd. Is this for real? This is absurd. Well, it may be absurd, but it's also for real. (laughs) Da-da-da-da-da-da. Let's roll the next this is absurd, please
1: i literally said that is, what are you talking about well this is not Why the way why don't why are you doing don't this tell this anybody someone who's just working at a company to literally help the public this why do you want to hide it from the public all right
0: going to look at what a victim he is why is he being targeted when he literally works for a company to literally help the public did you also notice how many literally's he got into all of these? This is absurd. Is this for real? Literally, 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 literally. It's he's you know what it is? He he's um he's one of those Stepford Wives, uh, gay edition. He's glitching out. He's like, I was just trying to get you coffee. I was just trying to get you coffee, I was just trying to get you coffee. This is absurd. Is this for real, 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 real? <laughs> to literally help the... How am I going to trust anyone after this? He says. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's so good. It's so good. Okay. Are you ready for the best? Le pièce de résistance. Let's go.
1: Please unlock the door. I
0: see another breaker. No,
1: diferenari- really no. oh, me please please un, please unlock the door why B- please, please oh, unlock it. please unlock the door please unlock the, the door. unlock the door 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 this is, this is remarkable here. Thank, crazy you. Crazy, thank, crazy, crazy. thank you, thank you. We're trying to get, unlock the door, unlock the door, unlock the door. It's not a for like that. It is not. Stop, let go of me, now you're hurting me.
0: <laughs> He's, he steals James' <laughs> he steals James's iPad out of his hands. He starts running around like a crazed chicken in that restaurant. He tries to smash it. And he's getting all up in everybody's face. He's grabbing, he's grabbing things out of people's hands. He's you know, and 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 finally, the the dude, I think this was the dude who was his date, his daddy date, um, finally has enough of, of him. He's just skittering around, he's like scrabbling, he's like, give me, give me you know, he's just lost his damn mind. And the guy finally has enough of it and shoves him, you know. And pushes him back, and he almost falls down. And then he says, Ow! He's assaulting me! He hit my head! Stop it! Let go of me! You're hurting me! (laughs) Oh, honey, if it had been me, I'd hurt you a lot worse. That was a love tap. You're lucky you got out of that without getting cold-cocked, you idiot. So what's going on here? What is really going on? We can't know for certain we can't know if Jordan Tristan Walker is accurately relating the kinds of projects that are going on at Pfizer I find it very plausible I'm willing to believe this I can't confirm it but it absolutely is plausible and I lean toward believing it um but if it comes out that that is I don't well see I don't know I don't know how anybody could disprove this, because do you trust anything from Pfizer? I certainly don't. Um, This, to me, really does look like a guy who feels like he's on top of the world. He works for one of the biggest and and richest pharmaceutical companies. He's got his finger on the pulse of what kind of nonsense they're up to with COVID. He feels very much like an insider. He got a couple drinks in him. He's he's feeling frisky. He thinks he's going to go on a date with this guy third date my ass don't lie to me gay men don't do third dates gay men put out on the first date and that's the truth third date my foot um but we can't know we can't know but but what we can see is regardless of whether he made up all that stuff about pfizer or he didn't make it up and he's making up that he made it up this is a liar who got caught and who realized that he screwed his own life up normal range people okay not perfect people But people who don't have excessive levels of narcissism, emotional dysregulation, or sociopathic callous indifference to the welfare of others, normal range people don't lie about this kind of thing to impress states. They don't. That's not something that occurs to normal people to do. That's something morally shady people do. and. I don't think he was lying. I I think what he said was probably true. And now he's lying to save his skin. He's calling him he's calling past him a liar to save current him, which isn't going to work. But, you know, even if he were lying and Pfizer were doing none of the things that he claimed they were doing, he still has the same morally rotten character. And then a full histrionic cluster B style meltdown. He grabs at other people, he assaults them, he steals their electronics, then he screams sissy murder when someone pushes him away to defend himself. Ow, you're hurting me, you're assaulting me. That's a narcissistic reversal, that itself. You defending yourself against my abuse is the real abuse. That is a classic narcissistic reversal. Where have I heard that before? It's right, I learned it at home when I was an intern for Mrs. Slocum's finishing school for unstable women. You know, they do it to parents who protest uh, the teaching of critical race theory at school board meetings by calling them, the parents who protest this, domestic terrorists. Parents who want to stop children from being surgically and permanently mutilated are authoritarian monsters, narcissistic reversal. It's going to bring us to the close of our beginning here, Um, but I'm going to plug it again. We would really, really love your support. It is your financial support that allows this show to happen and hopefully will help it to grow. Two ways to do it. You can subscribe to us on Substack. Go to disaffectedpod.substack.com. Join at the $10 or higher a month level, and you get access to our 24-7 private Discord chat with lots of good stuff, lots of news, and people making, um, um, making friends with each other. It's kind of a nice place um you can also go through subscribestar go to subscribestar.com slash disaffected you get the same benefits and content um with each of these i put the same essays up um you know when you subscribe you don't just get the uh the discord but you get all the written content um i write as well as, as talking on the show and um although a lot of it is is there for the public um the good stuff is is saved for the people who pay for it so we'd love to see you there and i'll love to see you when we come back from craig There's a new perk for disaffected subscribers, and it's a good one. Patreon and Subscribestar donors, as well as PayPal donors, now have instant access to our backstage Discord server. Join multiple topic-based chat rooms and 24-7 open voice chat, and even virtual events on a main stage for hosted conversations and backstage podcast recording sessions. It's not Twitter, and you don't have to pretend Bruce Jenner's vagina is real. Sign up today. Looking for a non-woke place to put your money where your mouth is? Put it where my mouth is. Disaffected supporters get access to our private Discord chat server, backstage episode recording sessions, surprise guests, and more. And all it takes is $10 a month. You've got two options. Either Substack, visit us at disaffectedpod.substack.com, or go over to Subscribestar.com slash disaffected. Remember, choose the $10 level or higher for Discord access. Welcome back. I want to talk about the idea of I'm offended and you make me feel unsafe. On this show, I've talked a lot about how social values have changed very, very rapidly in in recent years, probably the past five to ten years, and they have changed very rapidly. I think far faster than they've changed in living memory. For anybody who's alive today, I doubt there's anyone who could look back in living memory into the 20th century and say, yes, we had a period where things were this tumultuous. Maybe some people felt that way about the 60s, which I have come to understand did in fact ruin everything, just like all those grizzled old war vets said it did. (laughs) What worries me about, this this is all a part of a set of new normal values. What worries me is how instantaneously the majority of people have adopted these new normal values as if they weren't new, as if they weren't in contradiction, sometimes outright contradiction, to values that we held just yesterday, and nobody says anything about it. It's 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 almost like, you know, if you're a little kid and one of your parents gets divorced and you're, let's say you go live with your dad, and your dad just one day brings back the new Mrs. Smith. Like he's already married her. Um, he introduces her to you and just doesn't say anything about anything. It's sort of like that. Um, like nothing happened. But, but something did happen. Um, today, as soon as there's a sense in a group of people, an unspoken sense, that a topic might be inappropriate— Even if it was okay to talk about that topic actually yesterday or last week, people immediately self-censor right away. They don't take time to do it. They do it right away. I think this should scare you the way it scares me. We didn't used to respond this way as adult citizens. Here are some of the values that are brand new, but have been instantly and silently accepted as if they were not new. I was talking about this with a friend here um, earlier, going over this list, and it occurred to me so many of these things that I'm about to list off are sexual, and I you know, I thought at first, well, that's because I have a dirty mind, and I have a potty mouth uh, sense of humor, but actually, I think it's less that I have a dirty mind, and more that the, the values and freedoms that are most important to the left, the progressive left, have to do with sex. Sexual freedoms, what, what they conceive of as sexual freedoms, hold a higher place in the moral hierarchy for the left today than free speech, bodily integrity, um, any of the things that we used, to, we used to associate with the left. No, it's, it's sexual libertinism. That most exercises them. So here are some brand new, instantly accepted values. One, men are women if they say so. Two, transgender people are always in danger and they are never aggressors. Number three, having questions about anything to do with gender ideology or transgenderism, simply having a question. That itself is a marker that you are a suppressive person and a bigot. Five. Four. I don't know. I didn't number them. I'm just winging it. <laughs> it's normal to block a child's puberty. I know. I know. It's not normal to you. It's not It's not normal to 99% of people who are watching or listening to this. But it has become normal. It's... It, Even if it's normal to block a child's purity and this is how it's become normal. It's normal to talk about it on shows like Good Morning America or NBC Nightly News or Dr. Phil. It's just normal. It's normal enough that it's on breakfast television and it's not a story of horrendous child abuse going on under Americans' noses. It's a story about loving parents going to the absolute mat for their kiddos. That word doing anything for you? You noticing that word a lot lately? Because I am. Kiddos. It's everywhere. And you know that I believe that paying attention to language is important and it tells you what's actually going on. I don't know exactly what this is telling me yet, but... Look at the left, talk to them. Everything is kiddos, your kiddos, my kiddos. And I'm hearing it a lot from public school teachers. Your kiddos. There's something off about it. I don't know exactly what it is, but I know it isn't right. So it's normal to block a child's puberty. It's normal to talk about it on Good Morning America, but it is abnormal to say this is monstrous child abuse. That is abusive. The objection is the abuse. Drag queens belong everywhere, all the time, with zero limits on any of their behavior under any circumstances. Gay men have sex in the streets at festivals, and that's normal. And it's abnormal for you to be uncomfortable about it. In fact, you may be breaking moral law if you speak words that indicate that you don't like this enthusiastically. Screwing on public streets. Having a president with obvious dementia, obvious, everyone knows it's true, having that president with obvious dementia is normal, and anyway, it's not dementia, and anyway, I don't see any of the alleged speech problems that you say Joe Biden has, and anyway, he's always had a stutter, and anyway, if you think dementia disqualifies a person from his job, then you're an ableist bigot. (laughs) I mean, Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me you haven't seen people argue this. This is all. Oh, another one. Another one that my friend gave me when I was talking about this. Diversity is a per se good for its own sake. That's another new normal value. It's like the word discrimination. The word discrimination, we no longer understand what it means. I've talked about this many times before. We think all discrimination is bad, forgetting that to discriminate simply means to make a choice between two options. Um, Diversity is, is one of those morally blessed words now. You just intone the word diversity, and you've done a good thing. It doesn't matter if you've selected a diverse candidate pool from which to hire, some of whom are not at all qualified to work in an electric company, some of whom are actually electrical engineers or systems managers. Um, as long as you have the diversity, everything it's just gonna be great, right? They don't have to know anything about the actual company, but they've got the right skin color or the right sexual orientation or whatever it is that we have these days. What will happen to you If you socially object to any of the things on this list, you know what will happen. And those consequences, listeners, those are what are actually abnormal. The fact that we know and that we accept that we can, quote, get in trouble for saying these things is highly abnormal and out of step with how we've lived our lives until this current era. I know that... I know that most people, almost everybody listening to this and most people, I know that you and they, like me, remember this world before the year 2015. I know you remember, you know you remember, and you know everybody around you remembers too. Here's an example of new normal that would be, yes, yes, actually, even four to five years ago, that recently, this would have been unthinkable. This is a story about a Fox News contributor, a Fox News analyst who was asked to leave a restaurant. Quote, "Um, On Saturday morning, it was Fox News analyst Gianno, Gianno Caldwell's turn to experience this treatment from a liberal Karen who did not like a conversation Caldwell and his friends were having in her North Miami restaurant. Caldwell and his friends went to a restaurant called Paradise Books and Bread. (laughs) Uh, The white female owner was eavesdropping on their conversation and, quote, stared him down the whole time. I'll read you a little more from the story. The restaurant Paradise Books and Bread, I'm (laughs) like I have to comment on this. Of course it's Books and Bread. I just, I know everything about this place and the people who own it just from the name because I judge restaurants by their covers not just books. Paradise Books and Bread posted on their public Instagram account with a caption that alluded to Giano and his group stating that quote, their behavior and their words made other folks in this space as well as one as well as the one of us working Ugh, very uncomfortable tortured syntax as in the original. On Saturday morning, the restaurant owner approached Caldwell and said that she had been, quote, listening to their conversation and decided that they were, quote, not welcome in her restaurant. Caldwell said he asked if he had said something triggering (laughs) to the owner. (laughs) To which she explained that they were being removed because their politics do not align. Caldwell and his group promptly exited the restaurant in response. Here's another quote. They said, are you a conservative? I said, yes. In fact, I have a book called Taken for Granted, How Conservatism Can Win Back the Americans That Liberalism Failed. You should get the book. Mind you, this Gianno Caldwell here, he's black, okay? This lady escorting him out is white. No, no, I'm not making an argument that white people can't ever um, escort black people out of anywhere. I'm just asking you to keep in mind where these players may be be coming from. Quote, this is again from uh, um, Fox News analyst Gianno Caldwell. I talked to them, the restaurant owners, about my brother. I was on Capitol Hill just the other week talking to members of Congress about violent crime in America and trying to get justice for my brother and other victims of violent crime, Caldwell explained. So... He also said, um, this was so problematic to this lady that she told me that I needed to get out of her establishment. If this was not the Jim Crow South, I couldn't tell much of a difference. This is what he said to Rachel Campbell-Stuffy on Fox News. This lady stared me down the entire time that I was in the restaurant. There's a target on the backs of people who happen to be black, who happen to be conservative, and it needs to come to an end, he said. You know, this reminds me of something that, that took place here in Burlington. Um, I think I told this story on the show about a year and a half ago when it happened. I was out with um, the late, great Peggy Lures. Peggy Lures was a feminist, lesbian activist here in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, Basically, almost single-handedly, began the formal gay and lesbian community um, in Burlington in the early 1980s. Um, And I was out with Peggy having lunch, and we were talking about... We're talking about trans stuff and what was going on in the schools. And, you know, we're sitting in a downtown restaurant. And a woman of about 25 years old got up from her table and came over to us and introduced herself as a social worker. um, And proceeded. She stood there while we were seated at the table. She stood over us said you know, and I don't remember exactly what she said, but it was like this. You know, some of the things that you're saying, I think are really problematic, and you know, you might want to consider the kinds of ways that you're talking about marginalized people in public and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just sitting here like, this bitch literally just got up from her table and came over to talk to me. She really did. and I, so I'm sitting there like. And Peggy, God bless her. You know, I'll give you lesbians one thing. You always think there's a solution to a problem. You are persistent lesbians. You think that you can just persuade people, and God bless you, you sure do try. So Peggy, Peggy was trying to um explain to this woman in more detail what our specific problem was with the idea of transgenderism to begin with that it wasn't about bigotry and it wasn't about preventing adults from living their lives it was about not collaborating with mental illness especially not in children in ways that can harm them permanently she was of course having none of this because she was 25 a white woman lives in burlington and a social worker so she has ticked every box she is the authority No one else has as much authority as her demographic in her mind. Um, I was getting ready to tell her to fuck off, uh, but Peggy was like trying to hold me back and everything. So, you know, I didn't go off as much as I wanted to. Um, But seriously, did you consent to this? Did you grow up in a world where the social contract included... Anyone who is eavesdropping, that is not minding their own business and peeping through keyholes, eavesdropping on your conversation has the moral right to get up and walk over to you in public and try to humiliate you. That's not part of the social contract in the United States that I grew up in. And why? Because it's not part of the social contract of the United States at all. This never happened before four or five years ago in anything close to the volume that it's happening now. And of course you've seen when it gets more out of control you've seen what happens and and again almost all white people middle-class white people um trying to save the black lives by getting a mob together and walking down the street and going up on a table of a couple of women who are trying to have a cup of coffee at a cafe uh, sidewalk table and screaming at them and putting up their black power fists and telling her she has to chant what they want her to chant that's not normal either. And what happens, so how did we get here? Because, because collectively we consented. I consented to some degree. You listening have consented to some degree. And we did this by silently self-censoring and by quietly obeying without calling attention to the stagecraft that was manipulating us from the wings. I self-censored on this stuff for a while, even after I no longer believed in it, uh, because, of course, I was at one point a stupid Wokey. Uh, and I did my share of damage to our social fabric um, in, in my days as a Wokey. Um, and you might say, okay, well, I was never woke. Okay, that's great. I, I'm meeting a lot of people. <laughs> you know, I talked to my sister <laughs> last week. I wish I could have recorded it because her delivery was so good. I was talking to her about, you know, well, hey, honey, you remember when, you know, y- you remember believing all this stupid stuff too, right? And she just goes, yeah, no. <laughs> it was just you, Josh. <laughs> uh, but okay, so you were never woken, you never believed it, but you too are consenting to this in some way. When you go along with it, when you keep silent, when you don't say the obvious thing. So I think what's really going on is that we are – we are we are Little Red Riding Hood, and there is an actual wolf dressed up as our grandmother. But we are required socially to pretend that we do not see the wolf. We don't know that it's a wolf. It's mean to say that it's a wolf. And even if it is wolf, what's your problem, Right? Even if we want to just save our grandma, that's problematic. Um, my friend Helen Dale pointed out this cartoon in the UK's uh, conservative newspaper, The Telegraph, known uh, colloquially and effectually as the Tory graph. I recommend it. I read it. Um, it's, a, it's an editorial cartoon that shows a wolf dressed in grandma's clothes in grandma's bed in the bedroom. And I have to point out, if you will notice that, um, that oil lamp on the side table... Um, Cartoonist is doing it right. That is a correct oil lamp to have. And Little Red Riding Hood is, she's looking at him and she says, so you ate my grandma. And now you want to be sent to a women's prison. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm going to close this segment up. I'm just going to read a, tw- a Twitter thread because it's, it's like a short essay. I have no idea who this man is. His name is John Hayward. Uh, but somebody in our Discord, that is the special members-only Discord that you get access to if you donate to our show, uh, I get a lot of good content from there. And one of the members put this in front of me. So I'm just going to read this to you. John Hayward says, The notion that every utterance and idea outside a narrow regime-approved list of topics must be censored in order to avoid giving offense is a very useful club for destroying discourse. People are being taught to police themselves constantly, to be afraid every time they speak. Language tends to evolve in a way that makes it easier to express complex ideas with fewer words, often by using shared cultural assumptions that make it unnecessary to elaborate further. Woke speech codes reverse that process forcing people to use clumsy, sanitized language. The result is like suddenly forcing everyone to drive their cars in second gear on cross-country trips. The flow of ideas is arrested. Discourse becomes clumsy and halting. Everyone fumbles to use correct phrases, even if the resulting speech is incoherent gobbledygook. A great example of this is the lunatic obsession with forcing us to use plurals like they instead of accurately saying he or she. Paragraphs written that way are bizarre and confusing, which is the point. It's a triumph of totalitarian ideology over objective reality. And, and this I'm breaking in here. He's going to move into talking about the AP Stylebook, the Associated Press, the biggest wire service in the country, maybe even the world. They have something called the Stylebook uh, that most newspapers and media uh, adhere to, like, you know, do we capitalize this? What phrases do we use for this? The AP Stylebook has gotten very pedantic, and they actually seem to believe now that it's their job to – uh, Prescribed styles not just for journalists but for people um, around the world, as they've been lecturing people this week on Twitter about one of their new changes, which is we are no longer supposed to talk about the poor or the homeless or the marginalized. Why are we not supposed to talk about them? Because of the word the. Yes, yes, the word the is problematic. Why? Because saying the poor, according to the AP, is dehumanizing. No, they did not explain that. No, I don't understand it either. I literally don't. I'm not just saying that so that I can have a joke. I literally do not understand in what way that could be dehumanizing. I don't think they do either. And they don't care because the point isn't that it's dehumanizing. The point is to get you... To say, oh, okay, the AP said so, so I'm not going to say the poor anymore. I'm going to say people of poor experience because I'm a retarded (laughs) jack-in-the-box. All right, back to John Hayward. If this idiotic AP-style book jihad against the were followed, it would make speech and writing incredibly clumsy and incoherent, expanding every tortured paragraph to several times its ideal length. Good writing is like playing music, not tiptoeing through a minefield. The goal of these endless assaults on language and common culture is to train us to engage political filters in every moment of our lives, to make us accustomed to the core totalitarian concept that everything is political and therefore subject to rectification spot on. We're gonna close this out, but I want to remind you if you've got a problem in your life with a person, group, place, or thing, I am available for one-hour consultations. Visit joshuaslocum.net. Uh while I focus on helping people find solutions to troubled relationships that include abuse dynamics, whether it's friendship, spouse, parent and child, Uh, church group. We talk about a lot of Cluster B stuff because I have a lot of expertise there. We can talk about absolutely anything. Like, is this grad school path the right one for you? Are you looking for a therapist who isn't woke? I have people come to me uh, with all sorts of different things. So if you could use um, somebody who will function as a sounding board and Unfortunately, if you've got a problem person in your life that's making things miserable, I have a lot of experience with that and I'd love to talk to you. So visit joshuaslogan.net and we will see you after the break. Looking for a non-woke place to put your money where your mouth is? Put it where my mouth is. Disaffected supporters get access to our private Discord chat server, backstage episode recording sessions, surprise guests, and more. And all it takes is $10 a month. You've got two options. Either Substack, visit us at disaffectedpod.substack.com, or go over to subscribestar.com disaffected. Remember, choose the $10 level or higher for Discord access. can't get enough of our love baby that's because you're not subscribed move that thumb over to the great big old subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode we put out audio only exclusive content that you won't get on any other video platform so make sure you subscribe today Welcome back let's talk about women and mental health <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna use an article from um, a women's magazine called Evie um, as a springboard for this it's not a terrible article I've got some disagreements with it I think it has some philosophical tells um, that that undercut what it's trying to do, but it, it's not a bad article, and it and it brings up some surprisingly, it actually it actually seems to take seriously the correlation between having a mental health diagnosis and being in in our modern society a middle or upper middle class liberal woman, um, and. I'm gonna give you a not all, even though my whole thing is supply your own not alls. Obviously, this isn't all women we're talking about. Obviously, there are men who fit this profile too. But, actually, I've got a segment where I'm gonna justify myself a little bit, so let me not anticipate myself too much. This story talks about a Pew survey that we have mentioned on this show before. This is a survey, not a study, that's important, not a study. This is a survey of opinion and self-reporting that asked Americans how many of them have been diagnosed with a mental health issue and then correlated their answers to their socioeconomic and political um, status and affiliation. So... Again, keep in mind that this is, this is a survey of self-reporting. It is not actually a research paper or a study. The, the article I'm going to quote incorrectly calls it a study. And it's not a matter of terminology. They're very different instruments. Um, so this is from Evie Magazine. Let's Let's take a look. Headline here is... A 2020 Pew Research study reveals that over half of white liberal women have been diagnosed with a mental health condition at some point. Does this mean there's a correlation between progressive ideas and mental health? And I'll read to you first few paragraphs to set it up. Quote, It's a common tactic of the politically charged on either side, and normally perceived as a cheap one at that, to take the political adherence of an ideology and equate that diehard worship to mental illness. Conservatives label younger liberal generations as snowflakes or as having Trump derangement syndrome if they didn't like the past president. Liberals and progressives label right-leaning individuals or conservatives as racists, bigots, misogynists, etc. Resorting to this type of lowbrow behavior might once have been an excuse not to address the actual issues or beliefs at hand, But now, ad hominem attacks are more common than not. But what if what was once a cheap shot or a personal insult had actually been found to bear scientific correlation between the individuals who hold progressive ideologies and an increased risk of mental illness? That's exactly what Pew Research has found, and all politics aside— the shocking diagnosis of over 50% of liberal women with some form of mental health diagnosis is a public health concern that no one seems to be discussing, let alone taking seriously. End quote. There are a couple of things here. I, I have, I give Evie and I give this author credit for taking this seriously because this is exactly the sort of thing that women's issue magazines and those who identify as feminists. Um, work very hard to pretend is not real. So just the fact that they're, they're they s- are saying that, you know, this correlation is actually real and we can see it, you know, good for them. And a couple of things about this. You know, the author characterizes um, things like conservatives lab- labeling young people snowflakes or having Trump derangement syndrome. Um, and, of course, on the other side, she says liberals and progressives label right-leaning individuals as racist, bigots, misogynists. But she characterizes this as, as lowbrow behavior. I don't really agree with that. It, it needs to be qualified. It's not lowbrow behavior when it's true and when nothing else will work. And I know that means that we have to adjudicate what's true, right? So is it... Is it people who are more conservative like me? Are we right when we say that that other people have Trump derangement syndrome? Or are the liberals right when they say that people like me or maybe you are bigots and racists, right? There's no bright line here. You see, what people try to do is they try to say, well, no ad hominem and no talking about character because it's always wrong. That's not true. It is not true. It's never been true. It's not always wrong. What's really going on is don't do that when it's inconvenient to me. I will. Here's the unspoken agreement that you are entering into when this comes up. The unspoken agreement is, I will refrain. I will refrain from saying something accurate and unflattering about you, even if it's tactically necessary, because I know that you are refraining from saying the same thing about me. This is a pact of mutual protection that doesn't get talked about, uh, except quietly. So I'm not buying it. Um, When polite conversation and persuasion doesn't work, people are going to get more aggressive. Trump derangement syndrome is real. I'm sure that not everybody who is accused of having it actually has it. I'm sure that there are conservatives and libertarians who jump to, you have Trump arrangement syndrome when people are actually expressing legitimate reasoned disagreements with his behavior. I know that happens, happens in every direction. But TDS, <laughs> I wonder if Pfizer's working on something for that, um, that, that really is real. And a, and a huge, huge percentage of the population on the left really does have an outsized obsession with Donald Trump. They have personalized politics to such a degree. They are personally, emotionally triggered and activated by him in a way that, that people are generally only personally triggered when it's someone they know and love in their life. This is a form of derangement. I'm, I'm afraid it's true. That's not lowbrow to say that. Um, lots of young people really are snowflakes. Really, 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 really. And sure, you can say on the other side, well, lots of, you know, lots of you conservatives are bigots. There are conservative bigots. In my view, there were a lot more of them 30 or 40 years ago than there are today. I don't actually think the deck is stacked equally. I think more young people today are in fact snowflakes than conservatives are bigots. I don't think we're on an even playing field. It's not both sides do it. Yeah, I know. I know. You think exactly the opposite if you're a liberal and you're on the other side. What are we going to do? Remember... Also, about this survey, where 50% of liberal women who describe themselves as either liberal or very liberal said that at some point in their life they had a mental health diagnosis. That's a very broad statement. That could include anything from schizophrenia to avoidant personality disorder to. Panic disorder, obsessive-compulsive disorder, major depressive disorder, bipolar manic depression, um, occasional anxiety. Uh, very, very broad and at any point in their lives. So we don't know if this is ongoing for them right now. We don't know if it's in the past. And what else don't we know? We also don't know if they're telling the truth because it's self-reporting. And, of course, survey statisticians who work on surveys have methods of – testing their data, and I'm sure that they have a way of accounting for a relatively known percentage of people who give the answers that are not truthful but that they think make them look better. I don't know their arcane wizardry with this, but we don't really know if these people are telling the truth either. So keep that in mind. Again, survey, not study. Um, But overall, based on my observations, based on the conversations I've had with other people, Based on my own personal experience, um, I do think that there's something to this survey. I think that it's 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 hooking onto something real. I do think there's a very big problem right now with liberal, progressive women and their mental health, and because their mental health is affecting our mental health as well. We all see this. All of us can see the correlation between sex age and neuroticism out of control anxiety and the subsequent attempts to control other people to quell that anxiety that's what covid was all about that's what masking was all about that's what get your vaccine or you can't come to thanksgiving was all about this was making everything an external locus of control making other people responsible for your health Uh, trying to make them responsible for literally whether you are able to live or die. Um, And although no one would admit it, no one would admit it that it was their hypochondria and anxiety that drove them to wear useless masks. It is 100 percent their hypochondria and and anxiety. And also uh, for those unfortunate dim souls who actually believed the people who said they worked. This was absolutely what this was about this was in making other people participate in your rituals so that you don't feel like the odd man out and your sense of anxiety decreases that is not legitimate people aren't going to put up with it that's why i say fuck you to this all the time because it's an outrageous boundary violation um, but we can see the correlation between sex and age and neuroticism we can all see that liberal women right now are the neurotics They are the the excessively hypochondriacal. They are dictatorial about their children and about other people. They are the ones driving these policies. I don't care if it's a man who sits there on a committee and actually votes for it. It is the feminine hysterical impulse. And women aren't hysterical just because they're women. They're not always hysterical. But women can get very hysterical. And their hysteria is out of control. And they are the ones that have been driving this stuff. Um, It's real neuroticism among both sexes. Neuroticism and progressive liberal politics go hand in hand, and women are, in fact, on average, more neurotic by nature. This is not disputed in the literature by any serious person. It has been reproduced over and over again. And I say to any listeners who consider themselves feminists, you can handle hearing this. You really can. You can start right now handling it. I can handle it. As a man, I can handle it when women correctly state that men are, by their nature, on average, more aggressive, more dangerous, more lethal, and they're the ones who rape the most. I can accept this because it's true. That is a true description of some of the characteristics of the male sex. I can handle hearing that. In the very same way, you, if you're a feminist, you can handle what I just said. In fact, what I just said about women is a hell of a lot less controversial and a lot less confrontational emotionally than the reality of men being the vast majority of rapists and killers. If I can handle hearing that, you can handle, ladies, you tend to be more neurotic. I mean, really, really. And I'm an outlier. I love the way that Jordan Peterson has described this and Jordan Peterson says this of himself and what he says of himself is also true of me he could be speaking for me I have an emotional profile that in many ways looks more typically female I have more negative emotions than the average man I anger and get anxious much more easily than the average man does I think uh, my anxiety level is, is much more female typical than it is male. And, and I, you know, I have, uh, a lot more negative depressive emotions. Um, my being an outlier in terms of those sex traits, doesn't make the reality of the average set of traits for the sexes, a myth, I guess is what I'm saying. Let me give you another quote from the article. God, you know, it's, what is it today? January 20, I don't know, 28, 29, this has been the mildest winter. I'm, I'm actually going to blot right now. It's January, and I'm hot in this studio. It has been excessively warm outside. We've had very little snow this year. It's above freezing today, and it's been above freezing most of the past month. Um, and whoever keeps the temperature on in this building, I think, just doesn't take account of the fact that it gets warm outside. Anyway, you don't care about this. Um, from EV Magazine. She says, the author says, for whatever reason, we're not talking about the risk of mental illness women in general face compared to men. This whole article has that problem, framing the issue as being one of women who are being neglected or mistreated yet again. Women are let down again. By whom? We don't have to say it out loud. The author doesn't feel the need to say it out loud because we all know what she means. She means men. How is it that we are not talking about this? It's all men, right? Okay. She goes on to talk about how, for example, women statistically are 40% more likely to have depression. Well, here's another quote. Conditions like depression and anxiety thrive in silence, but there also seems to be a lack of confidence in women when it comes to knowing our own bodies. And instead, our mental problems are written off as being too overly emotional. Think about how many times someone has described you or another woman as emotional. There's a really big problem there. Did you catch it? Here it is. Our mental problems, I I rewrote this in in plainer language to make this crystal clear. Our mental problems are being written off as being too overly emotional. Ma'am, you are presenting with a psychological and emotional complaint. Depression is an emotional and psychological complaint. It is a surfeit of negative emotions that are causing distress. You're being written off when the doctor says you're too emotional, when you're coming to the doctor because you're too emotional and you'd like to get rid of some of those emotions. That's what I go to the doctor for when I'm dealing with depression. If the doctor says, you know, oh, yeah, Josh has extreme emotional ability, um, uh, signs of major depression. I don't think I'm being written off for being too emotional. I think oh, he understands my suffering and is going to help me with it. This is do you. see, Do you see the feminist mind? I don't think this is probably clear to the author, but this programming is so bloody deep, it's worn a rut into people's brains. They say nonsensical things, right? So if the doctor was say, you're not depressed at all, then you'd be complaining that he was writing off women's concerns as non-existent. Which is it? It seems to me like she's shoehorning this into women are always told they're hysterical, but they never really are even when they are. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I think that many feminists have conflicting impulses, and the author may be be an example of that. She may genuinely care that women's mental health is not being attended to, attended to at the societal level the way she thinks it needs to be. And she may be personally invested in that, or she may be emotionally invested in it on behalf of friends or family who are experiencing mental health problems. All that's very normal. But I think she also doesn't want the truth to be true. Somehow she wants this woman's problem, which is how she's framing this, is a woman's problem that needs to be attended to. She wants it to be recognized, but then she fights back against an accurate description of the very problem that she says needs attention, excess female negative emotionality. You cannot have it both ways. And nobody's doing an oppression to you. This kind of feminism does nothing to ease women's suffering at all. It's part of the engine that keeps it going. I wish you could hear I wish you could hear some of the conversations that that happen in the discord. Many, many women, and I know it's self-selecting, so I have no idea how it scales out to percentages in the population. But I have met so many women since we opened this discord um, late last year. Who recognize this? They they understand that the sexes are psychologically different. They understand the mix of male typical and female traits they have that their husbands or their sons have, um, and they too agree. And they say this female cart belly aching is really a societal problem, and women really do need to take seriously the fact that we have an emotional disposition that in this moment it's out of control and it's being serviced. The fans, you know, the flames are being fanned. It's not just I mean, you, you know, you can listen to a man say the kinds of things that I say, and you can call him a bigot. You can say he's a racist or a racist. Well, you'll probably say that, too. A misogynist. But. Are all the women misogynists too? Yeah. Yeah, they are. I know, because you know what they tell me? They tell me this happens to them, too. When they say what I'm saying, they get they get accused of having internalized misogyny. These women who don't agree with this snowflakeness. Oh, so irritating. Next quote, while hormones do obviously play a role in the development of mental health, for better or worse, it's possible to minimize or downplay the risks our mental health is facing, I'm sorry, as it's written, if they're written off as a, quote, hormonal issue, whether it's our medical professionals or even ourselves engaging in that mindset. She has moved the goalposts right there. First, she says that women's mental problems are written off as, quote, too emotional, which doesn't even make sense because the complaint is I'm feeling too many emotions. Then she does a sleight of hand and moves to written off as hormonal because that's the other classic, right? You hear it, right? You hear every joke that you're not supposed to say you remember from all the decades past. Huh, she must be on her period. That's what she's dinging off here. Again, a rut. It's, it's the same script over and over again. What if the hormones are part of the problem? What if they are responsible for some of the emotional problems? Many women have told me that they suffer extreme mood swings when they are near their period every month. Some of them quite badly. Some of them have sought medical help for it. There's nothing sexist or misogynist about recognizing that women have predictable and women-typical hormonal fluctuations that influence their mental state. That is not sexist any more than recognizing I I, I don't even I don't even know it's so dumb it's so dumb I don't even know how to explain how it's dumb we all are influenced emotionally by our hormones when I get too hungry what we call hangry now I don't like that word it's too cutesy and it rubs me the wrong way but I know that you know what I mean when I get hangry and unreasonable when I haven't eaten and that, that, that is, this is a character flaw. I am at my most unreasonable and angry when I haven't eaten. Um, and it's so consistent, I need to make sure I've eaten. So anyway, when that happens to me, I am having my emotions influenced by hormones. Yes, hormones. Insulin is a hormone. When I am in that state, there is too much insulin per liter of blood compared to the amount of sugar per liter of blood. My sugar and my insulin hormone are out of balance. Is that misogynist? Would it be if I were a woman? <laughs> no. Uh, back to the article. The study, which examined white liberals, moderates, and conservatives, both male and female, found that conservatives were far less likely to be diagnosed with mental health issues than those who identified as either liberal or very liberal. Again, not quite a study. This is Um, self-reporting. And we also have questions here, of course, about how truthful people were. Um, And we can also look at other correlates, like somebody who is uh, self-identifies as conservative may also be the type of person who says to himself, I'm never going to a doctor about my feelings. That's not for people like me. So those things may be confounders as well. Next quote. What's more, white women suffered the worst of all. White women ages 18 to 29 who identified as liberal were given a mental health diagnosis from medical professionals at a rate of 56.3% as compared to 28.4% in moderates and 27.3% in conservatives. Yeah, okay. We, we know, we know, we can see it. It isn't black men who are masked up and screeching at us in public for not wearing masks like they did. It's not dads mostly, muzzling their three-year-old kids with N95 masks in outside parks. It's liberal, middle-class, white mothers, not anybody else. Notice the slant put on this, too. It's women who are suffering. They may well be. People with mental health problems are, in fact, suffering. Even people you hate whose mental health problems are impinging on your life, they're suffering too. And I'm willing to accept that and say, you know, I'd like to see this suffering reduced. I would love to see people get more mentally healthy, myself and everybody else. It's one of the things I would like most in the world. But do you know who else is suffering aside from these women who've gotten these diagnoses? Every single person around them. Their children, their husbands, their coworkers. Their underlings in HR, the people they've socially canceled, the people they've gotten fired, the people whose reputations they've ruined, the people who can't hold a friendship together with them any longer because of their emotional hysteria and bitter, judgmental, authoritarian, you'd better do this or you're a bad person. Most of all, aside from these people themselves, the people who suffer the most from the mental health problems of these women are their children and the men in their lives. That's the part nobody ever mentions. And that's the part that feminists don't care about. They don't care at all. Even if it's their own boy children. <laughs> yeah, I know, you, don't, you, you think I'm going too far. Watch what they write. Hang around, lurk. I dare you. Make yourself up a social media profile that's believable so that you could get into one of these feminist groups and just sit and read what they write about their children, about their husbands. See what you find. Come back and tell me. We'll see if I've gone too far. You know, it's like what they say about borderline personality disorder. When people characterize those with personality disorders, and we all do it, it's the first thing that comes out of our mouth, we, we say these, they are suffering from narcissistic personality disorder. They're suffering from borderline personality disorder. But we never mention the suffering of the people around them. And that's the suffering that I care about more, actually. Here's the money quote from this article. Dr. Lyle Rossiter, a board-certified psychiatrist who's treated mental disorders for over 30 years, agrees and adds that white liberalism thrives on supposedly championing workers, and these are all in, in uh, quotation marks, workers, minorities, the little guy, women, and the unemployed, who they continuously see as, quote, wrong, cheated, oppressed, disenfranchised, exploited, and victimized, end quote, with little to no agency of their own. That's Dr. Lyle Rossiter. Um, But at the end, the author sticks in this parenthetical, a view that often mutates into the infantilizing and patronizing of certain groups within a narrative. All true. This is all true. And how familiar it sounds. How attractive to those with cluster B minds that whole setup sounds. How much like my mother, actually, that sounds. How much like a past version of me that sounds. How much like most of my liberal friends over my life that sounds. You can all see this. Um, it's real. One more quote, we're kind of to the end here. It's truly unfortunate that so many women are facing these kinds of issues and that this, pre- this prevalence of mental illness among progressive women might be weaponized for political purposes. If there's one thing this topic deserves, it's delicacy and empathy. We should feel compassion for these women, especially if we've struggled with mental health issues ourselves. Okay. It's unfortunate that women are facing this. You know somebody's done a thing to them somebody did a harm to them we should be empathetic and delicate So, remember respond like a woman we should feel compassion for them so we need to be compassionate empathetic delicate and understand that this is a problem they're facing get out of here with that lady get out of my face We're not doing this anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. This kind of female bullshit has turned me, and I was a guy who was the poster child for a male feminist simp. I said anything feminist women wanted me to say. You can all figure out the reasons why. That turned me, this bullshit has turned me, that male feminist simp, into a stone cold hard ass I don't give even the tiniest shit about their suffering any longer because I spent a lifetime servicing that suffering both within my family and then in the friends I chose and trying to make up for it at the expense of my own health and my own sanity and my own ability to speak what I believe the truth to be And the prescription that we get is more empathy, more delicacy, more compassion. Get out of my face. This is the reason that more men are becoming actively, actively hostile to feminism. And unfortunately, in some cases, hostile to women as women. It's the truth. I don't like it, but it's true. And that's the show. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.